Greetings and good day to you all, and welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. I'm glad that you have chosen to join us. Today, my name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host for the next several minutes as we explore in greater depth the idea of why definitions matter. Why definitions matter. If you listened last week, um, you have an idea of what this podcast is all about. And if you did not get a chance to listen to our initial one, uh, I would encourage you to go back and just kind of listen through that, that this podcast is based on the idea that how we think, not simply what we think about or the content of our thoughts, but in fact the patterns and the structure of the ways in which we think have mostly been handed down to us rather than been chosen by us, handed down to us by our life experiences, our parents, teachers, your friends growing up, the systems within our culture, and many other things have all contributed to affecting the ways in which we think. And what we want to do, what my goal is in this podcast, is to help make that plain. That idea that those, the ways in which we think, our patterns, our structures of thought, um, those things that have been handed down to us, that, that usually is hidden. It happens under the surface of our awareness, if you will. Uh, and the goal here is to make that plain and evident. Why? So we can begin to make intentional and proactive choices about how we're going to see the world how we're going to understand and and experience ourselves and the world around us. Why is that important? As I said last week, um, our values, those patterns of thought, those structures of our consciousness, they form the basis for the choices that we make in life. And those choices have results. Those choices have consequences. And a a negative pattern of thought will lead to negative or dysfunctional choices, which will lead to negative results. And so our goal here is to begin to make positive choices, develop positive uh, habits or attitudes about ourselves, Uh, so that we can begin to make good choices and that we will experience uh, greater fulfillment and greater happiness in life. And so it's important for that. And second of all, uh, I think that it's important because a negative or a dysfunctional mental attitude about ourselves, about other races, other religions, and other nationalities obviously influences our actions towards those races, those nationalities, those religions, and even towards ourself. This is how um, our stereotypes begin to affect our actions and the ways in which we treat others and even the way in which we treat ourselves. An example that I'd like to bring your attention to is the situation uh, regarding the Jewish people and the Nazis during World War II. At that time, 
the Nazi government had succeeded in convincing most of the population that Jewish people were subhuman. They were an inferior race and in need of extermination. So through propaganda, communication, and other means, they were able to convince not only the people in the military, but also the people uh, in their country, um, convince them that Jews were subhuman and, and able to conduct the mass extermination of the Jewish people in the Holocaust. It all started with placing a thought in their mind, convincing them to think about a race of people in a particular way, convincing them to define that race as inferior and subhuman. And once you can convince someone to believe that, once you can get a definition in their mind of something, uh, it is not very difficult to move to the next step of helping to eliminate that race from the planet. This is an example um, of how a really bad belief or mental concept can have catastrophic effects. Another example would be the situation regarding slaves in the early uh, parts of the development of our country, right? Slaves were considered subhuman. They were not even considered um, a full human race. And even our government in 1787 held a constitutional convention uh, and reached a compromise where um, they gave slaves three-fifths the value of a free human. They were able to, in that constitutional convention, define a slave as three-fifths the value or the worth of a free human. Of course, this was about legislative power and representation in government, um, but the idea that a government would define a race of people as three-fifths human and do this as a matter of government policy would have other effects besides just legislative power, right? The fact that there were discussions and policy decisions on defining the worth of certain groups of people is incredibly disturbing. But even more so, you think about what that policy and those definitions do for the actions of people toward those groups. If a group of people is defined as three-fifths human or less than human, and the government states it as a matter of policy, it is not difficult to see how other people would then say, well, we don't need to treat them as human. We don't need to treat them as fully human and worthy of value. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. And this is similar to what's happening now with the abortion debate. Right? Our government and certain groups 
uh, within our country refuse to define an unborn baby as a child. They do not give it the definition or the value of a human life. They've even substituted a term for it, fetus. So we don't have to use the word baby. And what's happening here is they are attempting to define that as something other than human. The ambiguous aspect of the term fetus. What is that, right? A a mass of tissue. And what does it do? It does the same thing that a three-fifths definition of a slave did. It does the same thing that the Nazi dehumanization of Jews did. It establishes within our thoughts a designation, a definition that says that is not as valuable as we are. That fetus is not human and therefore does not deserve the same rights and respect and treatment that we do as human beings. It's not as valuable as the mother. It is not as valuable, if you want to use the metaphor, as the free men were. It's not as valuable or as important as the Nazis were. And of course, please don't mistake the fact that I'm making comparisons here. I'm not calling people who are pro-choice Nazis or slaveholders. What I'm comparing here is the idea that the ways in which we define others force us to think in particular ways, and that thinking, those patterns of thought, affect our treatment of those individuals and groups. Once the definition is accepted, once we define something as less than human, it allows a certain type of treatment. Once Jews were inferior, it was no problem to have them exterminated. Once slaves were not human or given three-fifths human status, uh, it allowed all manner of inhumane treatment. And the same thing happens with an unborn child. Once it is defined as a mass of tissue rather than a human life, extinguishing that life is nothing more than what removing a mass, removing a tumor or unwanted tissue from the body. We need to be careful about this because we're seeing this same thing now in the immigration debate. I understand governments and nations need laws about citizenry and immigration. Uh, I get that. But we need to be careful, I think, that the term illegal immigrant doesn't begin to be defined as other or less than us. And in that sense, less valuable or less human. So I would just caution uh, that we we might say someone uh, is an immigrant or a non-legal citizen or something like that, but I think people are trying to define that term and trying to point to it as less than us, right? They are less than American, and I don't think we want to go down that road. So what I'm describing in this process is how the language we use the definitions that we use force 
limit, allow, and prevent our thinking about others, about people, about ourselves. And we need to be careful about how we allow other people to define people, races, nationalities, things, and even ourselves for us. There's an area called general semantics which explores this, and we will probably talk about more of that on another podcast. But let me leave you with a few questions for you to think about. First of all, how do you define yourself? What words do you use to define yourself? How do you define others who may be different from you? Those definitions form the basis for how you think about yourself and how you think about others, how you treat yourself and how you treat others. And so don't just accept definitions that have been handed down to you from past influences, from parents, friends, peers, teachers, society, culture, but really try to choose those definitions for yourself. Be thoughtful and mindful about how you're defining other people and how you're defining yourself. They're the foundation for how you treat yourself and how you treat others. To act humanely, you must begin with the definition of human. And, you know, an understanding and consideration of the inherent value and worth of a human being. In the New Testament, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said this, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and strength. And then he said, and the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that. Love your neighbor as yourself. What does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? And I don't have time today to go into the depth of that, but to simply say what C.S. Lewis said, that it means to consider others as a self in the same way you consider yourself a self. We typically consider ourselves as selves worthy of value, worthy of love, right? We, we all love ourselves and we don't love ourselves because we're great necessarily, because we all fail, we all mess up. And we know that even when we mess up and even when we fail, there still is some type of love that we have and that we hold for ourselves just because we are us. We are a self. And what C.S. Lewis says is to just define others in the same way, that they are selves, that they are humans, that they are valuable inherently and worthy of the same love and treatment that we give ourselves. Well, that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Mind for Life podcast. You can always follow us on the blog, 
mindforlife.org. That's mindforlife.org. Feel free to comment and ask questions or make suggestions for topics. Um, You can now also join our email list for updates and news. So uh, check it out if you would. Thanks again. And as you go through this week, think about how you're defining your experience. Think about how you're defining the people around you. And make a conscious choice to define others as human beings, as selves in C.S. Lewis terms, who hold inherent value by just being them. Have a great week. 